Are you ready to start living richer? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Live Richer podcast, hosted by Jamie Catmull, a podcast created for people to challenge and manage their ideas of wealth, culture, and money across the world, bringing you the best personal finance advice to make more, save more, and live richer. Now, here's your host, Jamie Catmull. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Richer podcast. Today, we have Jamie Rogozinski with us, the infamous founder of Wall Street Bets. He's not only the founder of Wall Street Bets, he's also a published author and serial entrepreneur, and he's a public speaker. And I'm going to tap his brain today and get his advice on what retail investors should do that are looking to get into the market. I'm also going to talk to him about crypto and hopefully get some advice from him and maybe some tips on what he's doing. And I'm also going to talk to him about his newest project and why he started it. He's tracking what Congress is doing when it comes to their trades and portfolio. And I'm going to ask him why and maybe why we should be tracking them too. So Jamie, how are you doing? Good. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's, It's great to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here and I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to ask you straight out of the gate, why should I be following the trades of Congress? You started Mm. this new project and I want to know why I need to be looking at this when it comes to my own trades. Because Congress has proven to have like the best trading record ever, at least close to it, right? Like, I don't know what or how they're able to do it. There's theories out there, but to me, it's it's you know, somebody else's business to figure that out. All I know is that their track record is impeccable and we'd love to be able to have some of that action. And thanks to, you know, not modern day technology and the ability to uh, create these, these products that we're unrolling that we're actually able to pull that off. So give me some examples of what a person could do or they could see when it comes to your newest project. And what's the name of your project, Jamie? So the project is part of the, the WSB DAP. It's this decentralized application. It's this crypto, uh, it's somewhat of a DAO type organization, which is basically bridging crypto with, with um, Wall Street, right? With regular equities. Uh, this is not a crypto. The one that, that we're talking about, the Congress one is not a crypto one, um, in large part because Congress doesn't seem to be trading a lot of crypto. Sometimes they do. Uh, but the this particular uh, product is called the Por- is it called Portfolio Insider? I think it that's the, what that. it was. The Insider, yes, thank <laughs> you. The Insider. So let's be realistic. Right now, it's pretty scary. Right now, when it comes to investing, I, people are losing a lot of money. They're getting nervous. The market changes daily. Do you think that maybe I need to be watching what Congress is doing? Look, I mean, the market right now is experiencing some volatility, right? So if yeah. you're trying to make these really quick moves, then you have to really know what you're doing. But there's also really good long-term opportunities here with this volatility. And that's outside of whatever Congress is doing. What we know is that this insider portfolio, which um, tracks everything that Nancy Pelosi does, is just, well, it's not, it's not a perfect mirror because there's delays in which... Um, uh, there has to be disclosures and things of that nature, like the the allocation amounts are estimated. But you can see everything that she's investing in. And so if she seems to be bullish on it, then you can be bullish on it, too. Um, and so this includes buying the dip or whatever it is. Or if she's deciding to back out of the the equities right now because there's fear that 
you know, that, that stocks are going to crash. We saw the same thing happen with, I think it was um, Jerome Powell before. Yeah, I want to say it was Jerome Powell before the, the COVID um, pandemic yeah. was announced. He ended up selling all of his equities. So if Nancy sells her equities and we can sell our equities, too. Right. We get a little insight to maybe something that's going to happen that we don't know about by following these guys. So traditionally, how well have some of these guys done as far as congressmen go when it comes to their investing strategy? Well, I mean, spectacular. Like, I think it was, what was it, uh, 100% year over year with 10% drawdown. Like, it's just impeccable. Whoa. And, and, the, and they have, uh, you know, there's, there's, we haven't yet pulled the stock, uh, the stock options or these derivatives into it because it's a little bit more complicated to, uh, to track. But, you know, if you know anything about stock options, the Congress is extremely talented with those and they're difficult to work with, right? Because not only do they have to guess, the direction of the stock they have to guess the magnitude and the date by which it's going to go up and uh you know congress is able to really pull that uh particular knowledge or, or skill set very very effectively so as soon as we're able to copy that we will be able to well that's awesome and i think that's great that you're doing that and it's going to help a lot of us out i i'm excited to start following and start seeing what they're doing and hopefully be able to do better trades when it comes to option trading and things like that Another thing I wanted to ask you, we just spoke about it. You talked about retail investing and how it's, I mean, it's kind of going up and down, up and down all over the place, right? For people that are investing. What do you suggest to somebody who just wants to get in the game right now? Look, if you're, depending on what you mean by wanting to get into the game right now, this is a good time to get into this game because there's a lot of volatility, right? We have these moments of volatility every couple of years or so. And, um, uh, and, it, and it's a great time to experiment, right? Because you're reading headlines, you're trying to figure out there's a world war taking place, blah, 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 right? And then you're seeing uh, commodities do crazy things like nickel or oil or whatever. And then equities are just bouncing around. But those are the moments that you can really catch some action. So if anyone wants to get into the short-term trading, now is a good time to, to play around with it because you have big moves that, uh, that that you can play with and most likely get a good handle of it, right? And the, the advice I'd give is to, to, to use small amounts of money because it's very risky. Like, wh how would you start out? Like, what amount? And how would you figure out what to even invest in? Like, how did you, st I mean, Jamie, how did you start? I mean, what how did you learn and grow and get so knowledgeable when it comes to this type of stuff? Just getting my hands dirty with it, right? Like you can read all the books you want and it's going to give you book knowledge, but actually going out and doing it is a completely different thing, right? Because you have even simulators that, that are a bazillion of them out there that allow you to simulate trading stocks or whatever. You, you have the, the emotional component completely missing from that experience, right? So actually taking money, putting it towards a trade. And sizing it in such a way, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to say how much would I start with because it depends on what people's risk tolerance is and how much they yeah. can afford to put into it. But you want to put like a sweet spot amount of money so much you, you, you don't want to make it such small enough so that you don't care if you make money or lose money because you want to try and learn. Right. And you don't want to make it big enough so that you're nervous and you're also not learning because you're just more freaking out. So you, you, you find a spot that, that, Say, all right, well, here's a hundred bucks. I can afford to lose that and it's going to suck if I do, uh, but it would be sweet if I can turn that into 200 bucks, right? 
Um, or if somebody has more money, then that could be maybe a thousand dollars, right? And it's different for every person, or maybe it's not necessarily how much money they have, it's also their personality. So you take you take whatever amount of money and you throw it in there and you play with it. And that's what I did uh when I wanted to really just learn how to do these things. Even when I get into NFTs or these crazy new crypto things, like I just go in there with this attitude of I'm gonna probably lose money, but I'm going to learn in the process. And sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised and actually make money, but sometimes I uh, predictably lose money, but I walk away with the knowledge that I went in looking for in the first place. So are you still going to places like Reddit or conversing with a group of people when it comes to your trades or say um, buying crypto or NFTs? What are you doing there? No, I never, I never, was a part of the so-called like group trading right like it was uh groups like reddit or discord or telegram um or even now TikTok. like they're great to to give you ideas right and to make you think and to also you're entertained obviously because uh, you get to see people do some crazy things and sometimes you see people pull off these ridiculous arbitrage uh moves which are a ton of fun but for the most part i like to do my own thing like it took me a while to figure out what that thing was it took me um you know years of playing around of experimenting of losing a lot of money making a lot of money and then giving it all back uh and and really enjoying that process to really figure out that my strategy is one that works for me because it's the one that i've developed for me for that emotional component that only works for me somebody tries to copy my style they probably they might be successful they might not be successful same goes if I try to copy somebody else's successful style. Um, you have to have conviction in your trades, and you need to know. Uh, yeah, you need to you need to understand the theory behind it, and you need to have this confidence that is most important. So, where does somebody get that? I mean, you how does somebody do get? It. You, just get you, you say just go do it. Just start just doing do it small. It. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be scared. Just do what you can afford to lose. That's yeah. probably the main thing I'm taking from what you're saying. There is you need to. Make it so you can have fun with it in the beginning. Yeah, and you're that's not sitting the, over that's there the just trick. sweating it. Yeah, you want to have fun with it because that's how you learn, right? Kids have these four-year-old kids and all they do all day long in kindergarten is play, right? And they play to learn because that's just the way that, that I don't know, humans have been designed to learn. So you go in there and you have fun with this thing, right? And then you figure out the stuff that interests you because it's so it's such a complex thing thing like this ocean of information and knowledge and and so it can be so overwhelming right that that's you know when somebody asks me so what is your advice for someone that wants to start investing i'm paralyzed with that question right because i don't know nearly enough about the recipient of that information to actually give any type of advice right and so with that but what does actually always apply is you want to learn go in there and just learn open an account play with these things click them make mistakes because that's part of it too right enjoy it and then if you like stock options then great then that's going to take you into blogs and books and whatever and if you like futures or if you just like regular equities or if you like short selling like everyone develops their own kind of niche in the market and they they do that by look i've 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 seen people that trade basic based off of news right yeah. um this guy that just had this this service that he got the news really really quickly on his phone or on his computer and he would trade you know he'd have the information a few seconds before everyone else 
And that was his strategy, right? He knew what the rate decision was a few seconds before Twitter did. And so he would be able to, to bank on these things. Um, but I tried to copy him one time because he, he, was, he shared his feed with me and a group of people. And we were all just like panics, right? Because we have like six seconds to interpret, okay, this is what the <laughs> Fed is doing. And then the stock market does crazy things. And you need to know exactly what they're doing. These, these moves are so volatile and crazy that like I ended up losing money, even if I had information ahead of time. Whereas he made like six or seven figures on that same trade. Um, so it's, it's really play with it until you find something you like. And you will eventually uh, find something that you're like and you're good at. You just mentioned you've lost money. So I'm going to ask a question, Jamie. You can answer or you can say pass. Um, what's the most you've ever lost mm, in a day? In a day, probably 30 or 40 grand. In, in one day. day? Yeah. And then, yeah, in one, tra one trade, really. In one trade. <laughs> <laughs> one yeah. trade? Oh, oh yeah. In one lot. trade slash one day. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. It was it was a painful one, but look, I mean, it's it's part so of the. So what like, was the upside? Like, what is the what's the biggest you've ever got? And like, I mean, what's your biggest well? What was your biggest win so far for you? Oh, probably, probably a hundred grand on a trade. Um, is yeah, and it was actually shortly after I had that loss that I ended up recovering quite well from that. Um. But uh, look, the, the, it's, it's not even about the wins and losses. It's about mitigating the wins and losses, right? The, these particular yeah. ones were dangerous for me because that was a lot of money, right? So it's a huge amount of money. The strategy that I was employing was the same. I just was over leveraged, which wasn't necessarily like a, a deal breaker for me, but it definitely uh, invoked stronger emotions that I was ready to handle, right? Um, I, I could have, I could handle $10,000 swings. Um, that's probably my sweet spot limit, right? Ups and downs because making money is also dangerous. That's a lot of people don't realize if you make a hundred grand in a trade and you're not like mentally prepared to make that money. You give it right back, right? Because you're like ecstatic. You're, you're, you're playing with Dallas's money. You're daydreaming about everything that you're going to do with this money. And then you start making the, well, at least I start making these silly bets, which I'm, you know, basically giving that money right back. I'm like, oh, I have so much money now in my account. I can do whatever I want. I can afford to lose a thousand. I can afford to lose another thousand. I can afford to lose another thousand. <laughs> oh, you're I like what the casino 100. loves. It's exactly right. And so you have to be <laughs> able to, to rein that in because it's, you know, I, I, I did end up keeping that hundred grand, but I was, uh, ready for that because i'd already had my moments where i'd make 20 grand and gave it right back right so so i know that taking a loss or taking a big win requires taking a, a break from the market no matter how much money you're leaving on the table you're you're at least i'm better off walking away taking a breather maybe a few hours or maybe a day and then come back so you took it out see because i was just talking to someone about that like especially with the volatility does a person if i saw a win do i pull it out right after i've gained that money that end of the day before it closes out or and then go back in the, in the morning or do i just leave it there i mean it, it depends right so like if you if you if your win is so big that it's got an emotional component it yeah. doesn't matter how much it is you take that money out and you stop right it's and it, it's because it's that emotional component it's That's it's right. 
you, you become dangerous after that. Same thing if you take a loss. It's like on poker, you go on tilt, right? Yeah. If you have a big loss, you just start being reckless or whatever, and you're trying to make it all back. Then you say, screw it. I don't care. I'll just go all in. <laughs> um, you know, that, that happens to, to people. And so you take a big win, you take a big loss. It's got an emotional component to it. You walk away, right? And, and if it's not that big of a win, but it's a win that was part of your plan, then you stick to your plan. You have to have had a plan going into that trade, meaning I think that it's going to go up by the end of today or whatever, or it's going to go up to $100 a share or whatever. When it gets to your target, then, then you play out your plan the way that you would you know, like the, you just, yeah, you just really follow through with your plan. Cause you know, I was just had a huge conversation with my husband about this because <laughs> I said, you pull out when you've reached where you thought you wanted to get right. And he's like, well, I've done that before. And then I pull it out and then it went back up and I said, yeah, but you didn't this time and you didn't listen to me and it went down. And so I was, that's why I wanted to ask you. And I said, I don't think the guys that are winning at this, they don't get emotional. You just say, this is, it went up. I got the money I wanted to get. I pull it out. Unless you're going long-term investing and you're putting this in for your portfolio for retirement, that's a whole different type of deal. But if you're just doing some day trading and you're trying to make money, you got to kind of figure out, like you said, what your goal is. Yeah. Right? I mean, the, tr the trick is the trick of your day trading is you do it enough so that there's no emotional component. So you're dry, right? You have that sweet spot that you're making money or losing money, which is painful enough so that when you lose money, you feel the sting. But when you make money, it doesn't. Like that, it's that amount that, that, that you want to stay in. And if you can play that in that really um, mindset, right, where you uh -huh. you have an objective and you have this plan laid out and you have conviction in your plan, then it doesn't matter how much money you leave on the table. You, a win is a win, right? Um, yeah, and, that's what I think. And you don't really get flustered over what could have happened had you done another trade. If there was another trade, then maybe you need to change your style so that you can whatever that scenario happened to be. But there's occasions in which, especially if you use leverage, you blow these things out of the water. Things do not go according to plan. Either you make a lot more or you lose a lot more than you intended to. That's the moment where you say, okay, I was not planning on being emotional because <laughs> I've been a robot for the past three months, right? And now, yeah. I'm, now I have emotions, which means well, that means I need to stop. And, and hopefully that's because you made a lot of money and you can take, yeah, take that money or take some of that money out and take a breather and it doesn't matter what you leave on the table. Look, I think people say to me, I had Bitcoin. I should have bought Bitcoin yes, at whatever what price, right? Like, yeah, I love that one because I bought Bitcoin at that, that low price and I lost that wallet and I don't know how many Bitcoins I have in it. And I don't really care. You know, obviously I sometimes wonder if I can recover that, but I don't think to myself that had I not lost that, I would have had millions of dollars now because I know that I would have sold it. Right. Like the very few people have held on to Bitcoin from when it was at zero cents or two dollars or whatever, all the way up to sixty thousand dollars. Right. And I and I'm not going to fool myself into telling myself I probably would have sold it at like three hundred bucks and then maybe I bought back in at like five hundred bucks and then sold again at three thousand bucks. And like, who knows? Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's being honest with yourself and knowing yourself that I think is really relevant. So, okay, that's perfect example of especially taking us right into the old crypto business. So what do you, what's your take on crypto? What are you doing in crypto now? You just talked about how you experienced some pain with, with it in the beginning, 
but what are you doing now and how do you choose which coins to invest in? Or do you have any advice on that? I don't really have any advice in that. Like I'm not really invested in crypto. I have a lot of crypto coins, right? Because I use them and, and I guess you could call that okay. an investment. I'm bullish on, on crypto coins in general, but they're also tightly correlated that like you just t- take a basket of big coins you know bitcoin ethereum avalanche uh solana uh weave i forget which other ones i have and then just kind of leave that little basket in there because i use them for different purposes and um but i don't really think of it really as this this investment like i don't really trade crypto what what i am really bullish of with crypto is the technology that crypto's offering right the, this is these decentralized exchanges these are these uh synthetic products that that are redefining the way that finance interacts with um people and other instruments and that's to me what is fascinating and what i'm really bullish about but it's not necessarily which coin is it that's going to make you money right um that's just as exciting as any stocks or nfts or anything else so would you suggest a person diversify and make sure they have a little bit of crypto when it comes to their investing portfolio? Yeah. I mean, I definitely th- look, if you're investing, meaning you're doing this for the long term, then yes, yeah. get, get, you know, put your stocks in there, put your gold, I guess, if you want and put some, um, crypto and just get those big, the big coins that have the big market caps. Uh, you can get a few of the smaller ones if you really feel like speculating, but just, you know, size it small so that you don't get your butt handed to you if um things go against you but you know it's it's crypto is clearly here to stay uh everyone understands the tokenomics behind most of these coins and supply and demand and we're seeing um that those forces are both inflationary in nature right um or i guess it would be deflationary if you really wanted to be technical with it, but just mean it means the value of these coins is going to go up, right? Uh, in the long term, in the short term, they're ex- extremely volatile. Uh, we know this since inception. Um, so don't don't invest in crypto if you're needing to use that money right away. Invest in crypto if you're going to need to use it whenever down the line, ten years or twenty years down the line. So you're saying don't put all your money in crypto, and that's. Uh, like I mean, some people are talking about that. Like, some people are getting crazy. You know, they're like, I'm putting all my money in crypto. I heard someone yeah, say that that's, the other day. And that's I was like, fine. that's pretty crazy. Yeah, you can put your money. It's like, look, you, it's 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 easy to get enamored by these success stories, right? These people yeah. who like bought these NFTs and sold it for millions and just have their life figured out. If that's what you're trying to do, then then that's fine. Just realize that that is a risky endeavor. And you may end up hitting the jackpot. There's a lot of jackpots to be made right now. Um, but the the risk and return profile are one and the same thing. So you'll have to risk and you have to make sure that you know that you're probably going to lose everything that you put into any one particular trade or gamble or lottery ticket. Right. Um, but, the, but as long as you know that, then you're fine and you can do that. But it's the people that don't realize that you know, investing is meant to be low risk, diversified, boring, non Wall Street Betsy, right? Like uh-huh. Wall Street Betsy is, hey, let's YOLO, let's go to the moon, let's turn, you know, a hundred bucks into a hundred grand with two trades, and um, and that's that's what's fun about the market is you can actually do that too to learn, but not to invest. 
When you started Wall Street Bets, did you think it would turn into something that it is today? Or was it you just going there? I think I'd heard, seen an interview where first it was just you trying to get advice, talking to it, with, talking with other guys, what they were doing. I mean, did you ever imagine it turning into what it ended up turning into? No, I, I saw signs early on that, that Wall Street Bets was going to grow organically. You know, there was a demand for retail, uh, just people all over wanting to take control of their own finances and take a shot at this market, right? In a, in a way that they wanted to. And so it was clear that it was growing and it was clear that it was going to be this little niche corner, dark corner of the internet. Um, and, uh, but I did not anticipate that it would grow into a household name that that was unexpected, but very pleasant, um, rewarding thing to, to witness. So since that's happened for you, how's your life changed? I mean, what are, I know you started the new, the insider, that project, and you've have other projects too. I mean, can you tell me how has it changed your life and, um, has it changed the way you invest and things you're investing in? No, I, I wouldn't say that it's changed the way that look that my, the way that I approach the markets has changed as the year has gone by. Right. Um, starting yeah. with when I start playing with the market, I'm single and I have, you know, this disposable income that I can really put the entire be thing to way. risk. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. You can be reckless. I heard that you said that you were actually in, well, I lived in Washington DC when you first started investing, right? I was. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Single guy just decided to, Hey, I'm going to start doing this. I can see that get more reckless with your trades and doing it yourself. Is that kind of what was going on? I think pretty you much. Said it was, and I believe I even heard that this was during the time when was Occupy Wall Street and all that was going on is when you initially started all this. Yeah, I'd lost my job. I was working at a finance company and it went bust because of the financial crisis. And so I was without a job for like six months and it sucked. And then I got a really good job um, doing risk management at a bank. <laughs> and and the, this place was paying me very well. And so I'm single and yeah, I can do whatever I want. I don't need to answer or no, nobody depending on me or my actions. And so... I was very reckless with it, right? And I made a ton of money and I'd lose a ton of money and I probably broke even in my first few years of trading with these ridiculous swings. But I did a ton of learning in the process and I had a lot of fun and, and I um, grew, I guess, my knowledge base, and my approach to these things. And so as the years gone by, my approach to the market has shifted based off of experience, fit and based off of market conditions, based off of changes that are taking place. and and changes in my personal risk. Like I said earlier, I have kids now I'm married, so I can't really afford to, you know, to take all my extra money and play with it. Right. But I still, you know, <laughs> I still, I still thankfully have done well. And so I still have leftover that I can play with. And that's when it comes to my personal trading strategy. I'd say it, it evolves quite a bit. I think it has, because I can see it with what you've created, the insider and your other decentralized application. Yes. So even creating that Wall Street Bets decentralized application shows how you've progressed. 
So it's almost like here as a beginning investor, you can go look at Wall Street bets, get your day trading thing going on. And then as you progress, you moved into what now you've created the Wall Street's bets decentralized application, correct? Yeah. So that's basically just, you know, this is more, this is less to do with me and my investing style. And it's more taking advantage of this momentum to, to capitalize on uh, th- th- this opportunity that's presented, which is basically you have now this social trading component, which everyone's trying to get into. Yeah. There's been studies that have been made that they take all of the stock picks that they're talking about on, on the subreddit and they compare those stock picks to the S&P 500, right? So it's like mm-hmm. a typical. And it turns out that these stock picks on Wall Street Bets outperform the S&P 500, right? So there's some collective knowledge there that you can take advantage of. This decentralized application is saying, all right, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we take advantage of this uh, phenomenon where you have this crowdsourced information? You have the social investing component. People can come together and they can design their own um, basically instruments or portfolios and create them. And then we we go out and make them happen. So these can be like YOLO type uh, portfolios. These can be, you know, there was this one that we jokingly called the dog shit portfolio. Which has like all of the dog coins, you know, they have the Shiba and the Labradoodle and the, I forget all the <laughs> coins that go crazy up. And so, you know, but then you also have the macro hedge, which is the opposite of risk. You know, this is this really stable uh, portfolio that that is really meant to just keep up with inflation. Right. Um, and so How these, these are things. It's Do you know how it's doing, doing great. Still? Yeah, really? it's it's doing wonderful. Yeah, it's it's doing exactly as it was meant to be doing. Anyone that put look, it's it's a it's so a macro I missed out. So you're telling me I missed out because everywhere mine was, it's no good. Like I'm like I put one into a different app slash portfolio type deal, and I was like, oh, they're supposed to be managing it. It should be a good deal, and no, it just keeps tanking worse and worse every day. And no, no, it go, going it's well? going up. Yeah, because it's got gold in it and gold's doing well, right? Um, but it's like, it's not meant to be a moneymaker. This one's meant to be a macro hedge. Yeah, that's it's what it's meant to be a long term money. One. Yeah, that's yeah. all I wanted. You want to park your money. Yeah, and you want yeah, it to be. Yeah, it was be... just a little savings account type deal, right? It was nothing big. And I just was putting money into it. Like every week I had set up a deal and it just pulls money into it. And I'm like, there has to be something better that I could be putting my money in than this thing. Because I, I mean, I didn't pick where it went or anything, but it's not doing well. So I was like looking for another app. Maybe I need to be coming over to yours and putting my stuff over there a little bit. What are you, <laughs> what are you thinking? I mean, yeah. totally, I mean, I mean like it's, saying, it's, it's, it's this, this thing is meant I'm to. I'm needing like, a stable. Know, like, I need a stable one so that's going to be able. <laughs> when inflation goes up, mine doesn't go completely down. That's exactly know? what. That's exactly what this thing is. In fact, we we avoid using the word stablecoin because of regulatory things that come along with that label. But internally, uh-huh. when we talk about this particular product, it is our stablecoin, right? It's like more stable than stable because stablecoins track like the U.S. dollar, which is losing value. Yeah. So that's not that stable. And so this one's tracking a few currencies. I forget exactly what the you can go on Wall Street Bet, uh, WallStreetBets.net or WSBDAP.com. It's the same website. You can go to the the ETP section. You can see the macro hedge and what it's got and how it's performed. But it's it's done great, right? But by great meaning, it hasn't lost any money. Yeah, right? that's it's, all I'm saying. I'm not yeah. asking for oh, I, w- I wanted to make ten thousand dollars last month. No, I'm just saying yeah. I don't want to lose money every day. 
that yeah, I look so, at it and I'm putting more money in it. You know, it's withdrawing from my account and it's putting money in it every time I'm swiping my card. So I'm like, oh, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. Because, you know, so if I'm going to do, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it, Jamie. So I just go to wallstreetspets.com and I can look at the different ones you guys have there. And you said the, which one's WSB the WSBDEP.com. Um, and uh, yeah, it's called the Macro Hedge ETP. That's that's that one but you have these other ones you have the crypto and now we have the insider portfolio we have you know but the, this this experiment that we're capitalizing on is this momentum of lots of people that are wanting to to participate in the market and that are really creative uh-huh. really knowledgeable and and putting this crypto twist on it because crypto allows you to do stuff that regular uh stocks don't um you know we can get into that like synthetic stocks for example which is an interesting thing um we have synthetic stocks that you can trade tesla you say well why would i want to trade synthetic stocks when i can trade the real one um sometimes you can sometimes it's because you can't trade the real one right you live in a place where you're not allowed to trade u.s equities but you still want exposure to it but other times it's because crypto is open 24 hours a day and the stock market's only open six hours, six and a half hours a day. And you have things that happen on the weekends or at nighttime that really are going to rile the markets, especially during volatile times, right? You had um, Elon Musk tweeting on a Sunday about how he's going to sell 10% of his shares, which is a lot of shares. And so anyone that had a lot of Tesla shares that particular Monday had a bad day, uh, except for anybody that knew about this synthetic stocks that existed which tracks it, you can basically short sell Tesla to, to, to hedge, right? And you can do it at Sunday at three o'clock in the afternoon with however amount, amount, amount of money you want. And then, the, and then Monday comes around and you've been able to hedge your open position. Or if you didn't have a long position and you just wanted to profit, you could have just shorted it and made free money, right? So that's like a great arbitrage op- opportunity. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the kind of things that you can do with crypto that, that uh that See, I'm i didn't even know with. people were doing that stuff with crypto. oh yeah it's crazy so you that's no why idea. there's so much popularity in the crypto space it's even the with, with the trading and everything that's going on see i it didn't changes know so quickly i don't even know what people are doing anymore like i just got back from a trip you know for two weeks on vacation with my wife in europe i come back and like i'm reading the news as if i don't know anything about crypto anymore right like it's crazy how these you know these these dows have now turned into these bonds and these crazy curve i forget that the thing that i was reading the other day was just fascinating new way of 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 releasing and pricing coins that like just every millisecond you see new technologies that are coming out so it's impossible literally to to stay on top of everything that takes place but that's also where there's a lot of opportunity and so where would you suggest people just you just go out there and learn on your own or is there places people could go i mean i know a lot of people who want to do it some people are looking at youtube they're watching youtube videos following different guys i don't know about that but i mean what would you suggest i mean what are like how did you get learn about it did you start dabbling I literally, in it? yeah i took the same approach i did with everything else that i do right and i and i was super late into the game i've talked about this before yeah i had previously thought of crypto as just these coins that go up and down in value, which are uninteresting to me. Um, they were interesting. That's what Bitcoin. I thought it was. Yeah. It's, it, well, when Bitcoin first came out, I was like, all right, this is cool. 
they want to make a digital currency. Good luck to them. I hope they make it work. And that's why I even invested a few. You know, I was I had a little mining operation, uh, basically. And but then I just you know grew apart from it. I got into the stocks and the, the forex and to the stock options and futures or whatever. And I monitored the price of these things. And I said, oh, now there's two coins, and now there's ten coins, and there's more coins that you can people can buy, and it goes up and down. So I was late in that. I realized last year that there was this whole decentralized ecosystem, which is just insane to describe, which is very sophisticated and it's extremely powerful and it's extremely liquid. And, and so I just literally started like I do with everything else, downloaded a MetaMask wallet. What does this mean? Why do I have to do a network change and blah, blah, blah. And I'd bump into problems and I'd go look on YouTube videos or I'd have some people walk me through these things. And then basically I've been able to, to, to keep up that way. All right. Just by uh, reading the news, you have basic publications like Coindesk or Bitcoin.com or whatever. You have uh, Twitter is a really great source of news. Um, it's probably my favorite source of getting information as far as, hey, this is happening or there's an airdrop here. Or this coin did this crazy thing. Who do you or, follow? Certain people? Uh, yeah. I don't know. You can go see. I don't follow that many people. You can go to like my Twitter and see who I follow. It's Wall Street Bets is my Twitter handle. Okay. I follow like 300 people. And I'd say like the first 250 of those people were news sites because it's just finance yeah. things. But the later ones are basically all crypto influencers or crypto, you know, yeah big voices in crypto you know a lot of times there's this guy um uh matt levine who i love to death he's this bloomberg uh, i think he works with bloomberg he's, he writes this newsletter and he's the, the satirical extremely smart ex goldman sachs guy that is uh just he reminds me of whatever just savvy comedian that really knows the market and he talks a lot about crypto and he knocks it very frequently and and he talks about the irony of things that are taking place with it. But he also informs the crap out of me, right? Like I found thanks to him, I made like $4,000 on an airdrop that I didn't know that was taking place. Um, so you see, like this, this crypto is basically overwhelming or it's encroaching onto the regular finance fields. You see CNBC talking about crypto. You see Bloomberg oh, yeah. talking. So you don't, yeah, you don't have to go very far um to to get informed as to what's happening and i can always and then when i want to start doing it just go to your site yeah right? and get going there and dabble a little as you said don't if i'm worried i'm going to lose some or i can't lose some don't put more than i can lose as you always say exactly. i know you're one of the main guys who says it's like a las vegas casino when you're walking into <laughs> wall street and you start investing and you got to look at it that way Right. Yeah. I mean, you, I know you've saw, I've heard you talk about that and I think that's a good way for people to look at it. And I think when people lose money and they just like, they're completely crushed by it. I think it's cause they weren't aware at the time cause things have been so good for so long that they never thought it would come down and mm. they had forgotten <laughs> there is risk involved here when it comes to investing. Wouldn't you say so, Jamie? Yeah, we have been in a bull market forever, right? There's people that yeah. don't know that the markets can go down. And uh, 
you know, that's dangerous to some extent, but it's also, you know, that you have all these fear mongers for the past 10 years and, you know, I'm guilty of to have fallen into that in 2018. I got my ass handed to me um, the, the very beginning of that year uh, because I was bearish. I was like, this is it. I even forget what their news was. Right. But I just read enough things. Maybe I was like personally projecting onto the market or whatever it was. And I was short and, I, and the market just kept going up and up and up and up and up. And I was like, why am I fighting this thing? Why am I? trying to justify why the market is wrong when when in fact it's going up so i switched courses and i made so much money very quickly and that's an approach that you need to have to be nimble and humble right with the market and so i was able to recover that and then some but then that's when i realized all right well i'll let the market tell me what the market's going to do and i'm not going to try and figure it out based off of doom and gloom news which oh, right yeah. now is pretty damn doomy and gloomy right oh yeah we're going to world war three yeah <laughs> but it day. was doomy and gloomy when we had like the the bubonic plague last year two years ago that's the true we just tanked. coming out of covid yeah, yeah. and the, ta- the markets lost half their value but people don't remember that because they bounced right back up so you know when the markets go down they'll eventually go down we don't know when that's going to be but just go with the flow right that's you know the the, the advice i give people somebody asked me once like what's my best quote or whatever and i said be fearful when people are you know be greedy <laughs> what was it um it's you should be fearful when, the, when everyone's fearful and greedy when everyone's greedy right as opposed to the other way around which is warren buffett's uh it, it's um a take on warren buffett's uh quote where he said you should be greedy when people are fearful and vice versa why why do i think that because it doesn't really make sense go against the grain right you can get you can lose so much money with trying to pick the top or pick the bottom then you can just skimming money as, along the way i love that and now as we're coming to the end here i'd like to ask you a question i ask all of my guests what does live richer mean to you so when you hear the word live richer what do you think about jamie oh i think it means to, to have a more fulfilling life all right um you can you can associate rich with money but uh but the, the it's it's the way that you actually f- have a fulfilling life it's having this purpose and having meaning and having uh joy in everything that you do and and um may or may not money may or may not play a part in that it certainly helps that's for sure but um but yeah living living life to its fullest i think that's great advice that we should all try to live life to the fullest in order to live a richer life and i want to thank jamie for coming on here with me today and sharing his advice when it comes to investing and for all the great things he's done to help the average joe to get out there and start investing and start making more money on wall street and we all appreciate what you've done And I want to tell all of my guests to always to remember to live richer. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Before you go, we'd love for you to subscribe to our show to catch all of our updates. Also, we want to hear from you. What are your burning questions about money and how to live your best life? Reach us at livericherpod at gobankingrates.com.